Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We are so excited about this episode. We're back for part two of Leadership with Terry and Melanie Schock. As you probably noticed, we inserted a very time-sensitive episode between part one and two with the Shocks. I was able to sit down virtually with Rima Duncan, Josh Carson, and James Wilson to have a conversation on racism and youth ministry. It's not only a podcast episode, but you can also find it on YouTube. So feel free to send the link to your youth team, any youth pastor friends you know, or anyone that you think it might help. Also, we'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us under the handle of at Rush Students. Hey, if you missed part one with the shocks, we encourage you to pause this episode and go check out part one and then come back here. In part two of our time with the shocks, we covered topics such as building an effective team, parent ministry, youth pastors' wives, burnout, and more. Let's dive right in. It's very important to know what the goal is. You're you're not going to understand what the goal is apart from being synced up with the vision of the senior pastor of your church. If if you do not clearly know what what the values are that that the senior pastor believes that it is it is important for your local church to be flowing in these these particular values uh, you need to meet you need to meet with them and and say you know hey um, I'm wanting the youth ministry to be in the flow of what you feel God is saying for this church. Um, I cannot tell you how important that is. You, a, a youth ministry is not supposed to be going this direction. A youth, a youth ministry is not supposed to be a just a side thing. Okay, all you parents, drop your kids off and shut up. Get out of our way. Uh, you know, we've got our own thing going here. That That is not the will of God. It never has been the will of God, never will be the will of God. We, all ministries of the church, if, if, I, if I was talking to music ministry, children's ministry, any ministry of the church, I would be saying this. This is not just toward youth ministry. So you've, you've, got, you've got to know what the senior pastor's vision is. What do they feel? The, the Spirit is saying right now to, to the church, and you're always listening. You're always listening to what's coming over that pulpit from the senior pastor, and then you're always filtering it for the youth ministry. You'd be very wise, very wise, that, that periodically, uh, as often as possible, when you're speaking to young people to to um, remind them of something that the pastor just said, like in last Sunday's message or whatever, when you're always you're always doing what you can to help that word live on and get into their lives. So when we're talking about a foundation, 
Um, there's so many topics. There's, there's so many different things that, that you could be thinking and doing. And then what happens with social media, then you see what other youth pastors are doing, other youth ministries are doing. And then it's, and then it's this and this and this and this. And, and you've, you've got to zero in on what is God saying to this particular local church in this city at this time right now for our people. You, you have to focus there, and that's, that's the foundation um, uh, of it. And so when, when you know that direction, now this helps you decide what you're going to speak on. This, this helps you decide. I mean, ask your senior pastor. Uh, what are you feeling in prayer about our our young people? What what topics do you feel that that is uh, that is is needed? I have I've told I've told um, team members who who find themselves in the pulpit from time to time in in the main in the main uh, church. If you're asked to preach, ask the pastor. Uh, is the spirit saying anything particular that that I need to stay in that lane there there's there's nothing wrong with that you know and then the pastor may say no just preach on whatever that you feel or teach on whatever you you feel um i'm just talking about how the vision you know the foundation of what you're building and the vision it it has to be in the flow of what the spirit is saying to the church you can't have two visions in a church you, you can't have uh, the, the pulpit saying one thing on Sunday and then, you know, a, another direction in a youth service. And this, this will help you. It'll clear things up. It, it'll put you in the flow. And, and it will be, uh, I, I just can't tell you how important that is. It, it'll, change, it'll change everything. So when we're talking about foundations, building foundations, uh, I think that that is extremely important. So do you have anything to add to that before we go to, to talking about teams? Okay. So no, I do not. Okay. I, I, I got, I got a little, you weren't answer, you were not answering his question there, right? I mean, no, 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 because we're going to teams now. We're going to see. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. We're on the same okay. page. No, I don't have anything to add. That's okay, very good. All right, now, would you repeat that question about teams? Yes. Uh, any tips on building an effective team and building on the strengths of your team members? Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about team. And can you pick up strengths on how mm -hmm. to pick up strengths and then whatever else you have to say? I can. Okay, you're never going to build an effective team unless you're totally convinced that it takes one. Um, you're you're going to have to totally be convinced that it's the body of Christ. You're going to have to be totally convinced that you cannot do this ministry by yourself. You're going to have to be convinced you're not Superman. You're not supposed to be Superman. You're not Superwoman. You're not supposed to be Superwoman. You're not, you're not supposed to be a one person, um, answer every question, do everything, always be in the mic, got to know. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start with you, you understanding that, that you, you must have a team. And then if you are the, 
the number one leader in the youth in the youth ministry then you have to be able to communicate clear expectations what you clearly expect this business of well if they if you know i'm just going to i'm just going to do it and then they they'll see what i'm doing and then they'll just do it not no no it just does not work that way with with everybody you've got to clearly identify goals you've got to clearly write out ministry descriptions and i don't mean so big that you choke people to death but you you just have to be clear about what the team is doing and and don't burn up people's time on just needless busy junk that they know is not any more moving the needle in this youth ministry than anything it's it's pe people just will not pe smart people smart people now people that are low on iq they'll follow you in circles for a long time but world changers and people that can actually move the needle they are not going to commit to your confusion even if it's in the name of jesus and you can't and you can't guilt people into, into continuing that. So being very clear about, about ministry descriptions, um, being a very honest leader, truly concerned about people, and, and, uh, and somebody that will take time to celebrate uh, you know, their involvement and, and their help. Those are just some of the some of the thoughts I have on team. What do you have to add to that? Well, I think that um, my thoughts on team, first of all, um, if, you've, if you've not taken your uh, team through real colors or if you've not chosen them based upon real colors, that's a communication assessment. Uh, in fact, we just did a huge deal with a missions team here from, um, from another part of the world here all day today based on, on, on we didn't do colors, but we, well, we did it last night um, with them because they're trying to make their team gel. There are four types, and I'm not going to go into this, but there are four types of communication styles. And it's your, your oranges who are your excitement, fun people. It's your goals who are your list makers and your follow-through people. It's your greens who are your analytical, statistical, fact people. And it's your blues who are your relational feelings people relation relationships get relationships you need all four types on your team because what happens is, is young people the oranges love fun you have a bunch of blues goals and greens on your team who really just want to get it done and check off the list and they don't love fun well the oranges are going to stop coming so and and it, that goes on with every color so you need all of those on your team all right but the next thing you need to do is define what your youth group is going to be what you can't do it all like he said you cannot do it all what are you going to be every youth group if you're going to be a youth group i think that one of the major foundational elements of it has to be relationships if you've got a team they've got to have relationships with the students if you your blue your goals 
are probably not going to be good relationally. The people who work, the follow-through people, the list makers, all the, they're not going to be good relationally. Usually, that's that they're not. Your greens, your analytical, statistical people, they're usually not relational people. It's your blues and your oranges that are relational. So you need to decide what your team is going to focus on. Relationships is probably going to be in there. The next thing is probably going to be prayer in the word. So you need team members who know the word and who know how to pray. Okay, that's your basis. Events, fun times. What I would, this is one of those what I wish I would have known things. Events and fun times can be subbed out. You will have even a parent or a couple of different sets of parents who will come together and be happy to give it everything, give 150% to put on a smashing event that your team is too worn out to do. And so many times it looks like teams try to do it all. They try to be the relational people. That's they good. try to be the prayer and the word people. And then they try to do all these amazing events for the kids. And they burn out quick because you can't do that. Don't be afraid to, to farm those events out. You don't have to do everything. Choose the things that you know are crucial to your group and make sure that the people on your team are good at that. And then farm the event things out to people that don't have to do it all the time. And then that way, you will be building a solid team who knows that they're not going to get taken advantage of, for one thing. And number two, you're giving parents the opportunity on an as-needed basis to help contribute to this. Because you should not be known as their free babysitter. This is a ministry. This is a kingdom thing. They need to be involved in this. So use them for events. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my thought. Those are my thoughts on building a good, strong, solid team and trying to avoid burnout at the same time. I want to add to that since you went there, parent ministry. Okay, yeah. Parent ministry. What Melanie was talking about right there, Seth Boyd. Uh, the youth, is Seth on here by chance? Seth Boyd. He's the youth pastor in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, Aaron Soto's church. Um, Seth has has incredible information. I believe it was, I believe the pre, the the uh, youth pastor before him, Chad Williams. I, I want to say I could be wrong, and if if I've got the wrong name, I'm sorry. Uh, he started it, but they have a very effective parent ministry. And I, I think that parent ministry is incredibly important. It, it ties in some mm -hmm. with what, what Melanie was talking about. Uh, on a side note, and then we'll get back on this team thing. Uh, on a side note, um, there's a difference in knowledge and experience. We can have knowledge of working with teenagers, but parents have experience of living with them. I, I, talked, I talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, that goes in, if you're, if you're going to build an, an effective team, I remember, I remember in Alexandria on the youth ministry team at one time, I had young singles, you know, college age kids. I had young marrieds. Um, I had a grand, I even had a grandparent 
on on my on the youth staff and had parents of teenagers on on there even though i was not a parent of a teenager so when we were discussing something we had we had multiple levels looking at it we, we literally had three generations looking at at it now you might say uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to put no granny on my youth staff, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to put any on whatever. Okay, well, then why don't you have an advisory team? Um, do do something where you are 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 uh, soliciting the the input of multiple generations in in your your church. Uh, if if you're going to build an effective team then you're going to have to be somebody that the team sees as being a very hungry leader that 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 will solicit uh the voices of experience and you you just don't have to be the major answer all the time so so this team business god god wired god wired people we get into rewiring. God doesn't need us into rewiring. God has wired the people. Melanie was just talking about the different colors and all that kind of thing. Our responsibility is to find out in the lives of these young people, how has God wired them? And us not try to get into rewiring and mess them up. And when we're looking for team members, then then that that plays into it also we're we're after how has god wired people because if you can match somebody's wiring and their passion you won't have to drive yourself crazy trying to motivate them but we as leaders we have to be able to see where to place people and and set them up to win not not set them up to have to be guilted into continuing let me speak for just a second to youth pastors' wives. Um, I loved youth ministry, and I threw myself into it. And it came to, for, for five years, and it came to a screeching halt in July of 1990 when Kendra was born. <laughs> a screeching halt. Because I became overwhelmed. And then whenever I had Braden, almost seven years later, uh, you talk about a, a, a shutdown because youth ministry is hard work. It's one of the hardest. I would venture to say it's probably the hardest ministry of the church physically. Um, it's a lot of late nights. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of emotion. Has anybody noticed that teenagers are so incredibly emotional? It is so much emotion. So it drains you and just when you start seeing progress and you think well my goodness there is reward after all guess what happens they age out and you have to start all over it's like raising children and handing them off to somebody else just when they get potty trained and get to where they can feed themselves they you, so it's it's thankless you feel like you're spinning your wheels. You feel like you give your guts. You give everything you have. So youth pastors' wives then start having children. They are 
many times bivocational. And so they have babies, they have children, and now they have all of this emotion and all of these late nights and all of this stuff that they feel guilty if they don't do. And they may be balanced and not do it all, but with that comes guilt because they're not doing it. Please, please, please sit down and come to a workable solution with all this. You cannot do it all. Involve the parents. We I wish I would have done. We did not do that enough. We did not bring the parents in on those hard uh, lock-ins. Oh, you don't bring parents in on that. Bring parents in on those late nights. If if kids are praying down there in the altar and the parents are there, many times the parents don't need to be up there praying with their own children. It might shut them down. Get the parents over there praying with some more kids. Spread it out. They don't have to be on youth staff to work with the kids. And it will help prevent burnout for you. It will help prevent burnout for that youth pastor's wife. Youth pastors, please work with your wives on that. You can't do it all. And you don't want to burn out before it's time, before God says it's time to move on. You don't want to burn out before that. One, one practical idea. Uh, one practical idea. If you are a youth youth pastor, if you're in youth ministry and you have a young child, you have a baby, um, some, some college age or high school age uh, student um, that your child that does good with your child, it needs to be their ministry to be watching for your vehicle to pull up. And their ministry is coming out and helping you with your child. And um, I mean, I, I have I have told young pastors as I've been traveling around, uh, yeah, somebody's got to meet your wife's van. Uh, I mean, I've seen them holding the baby and trying to do music practice and, and all that. Well, what's going to happen is, is there, you're going to be so frustrated that, that then, it, then you're going to take it out on your child and your child's going to hate church. And, and so these, these different kinds of things, I mean, it's one thing for us to talk in tongues and interpret, but it's another thing for us to look at some practical things and make some changes that, that actually help spread the load out. Uh, let's talk about burnout. Um, one thing I would like uh, to say about burnout is I think one of the main things that sets us up for burnout is insecurity. Uh, when, when, when we're insecure, then, then we'll take on, take on, take on, take on, because we know the harder that we work, um, you know, the more people pat us on the back and, and the more praise that we get. And so uh, insecurity is a, is a very, very tough thing. And, and it, it, can, it can set us up, up for, do you have anything to add to that? Because you, you've talked about that before. No, no, Nothing. Um, so then two, two words, two words undefined unrealistic undefined plus unrealistic equals frazzled i've said that uh, whenever i have spoken to pastors wives 
I was talking to a group of pastor's wives years ago, and I started off by saying, I'd rather work on a garbage truck than be a pastor's wife. And, and the reason, and then I said, the reason why is undefined plus unrealistic equals frazzled. Uh, it's just undefined, you know? And so what, what can happen is, is, is if we're not defining what we're doing, if we're not defining our role in ministry, if it just becomes unrealistic and you just have to answer every, every phone call and you just have to answer every text, tell your young people that they may have to wait to get an answer on a text. You don't have to answer your phone every time it rings. You, you don't have to do it. That is unrealistic. And so then that, but, but, but some people really have a problem with that because if you're the one giving all the answers, then wow, uh, that, that really adds to uh, the self-worth and, and that really makes you feel good about yourself. And so that insecurity plays in there and you're having to be the answer person and nobody's like you. And, and then parents say, uh, my child doesn't respond to anybody like they respond to you. And, you know, it just, you can just get into a cycle to where you're just going and going and going and going. And at some point, you're going to burn out. You're, because because God, uh, God wants to be their God and God doesn't want us to be their God. We're, we're guides. We're not the attraction. And many and many people, and, and in youth ministry, it can happen. We become the attraction. Those those young people can't wait to get away from their parents because their their parents are driving them nuts and telling them to do this and do that, and they can't wait to get there to just get to you because you're the breath of fresh air and 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 you're saving them from their from their terrible parents. And and so you know you you just you become their god, and don't don't let anybody put you on a pedestal. Don't let those kids put you on a pedestal, and then you take on take on take on, and it's undefined and it's unrealistic, and and we don't have clear values, and we don't have clear goals, and it's just everybody you know work faster. We don't know where we're going, but we're wherever we're going, we're getting there fast. And then people have to have take vertigo pills to follow us because we're going in circles. And but it's all for Jesus. And and so then then we burn out. You have something to say about that? No, you're doing great. Uh, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm burnt out. <laughs> I, I am I am burnt out with this topic. So add something to it. No, I, I no, I set you up. I set you up with it when I was talking about how youth ministry is a thankless a thankless position and when you just when you get them to where you think they need to be they age out so so and no uh but here we are sitting here like okay well it's all it's all for nothing go go do another ministry after tonight no that's not what we're saying youth ministry is in spite of all of these we're talking about the negatives many of the negatives which are re, which is reality but in spite of all of that youth ministry can be 
one of the most rewarding things and the beautiful part about it is is it's really rewarding 20 years later that's when it's i mean that's when you know oh my goodness yes that's when it's like those what are those little trees bonsai trees or those little trees that takes years and years and years for, for to grow or is it another one i don't know i should have looked that up but that's what youth ministry is and it's like you really don't even see it start growing until 20 years after they they have aged out and then you look and you think oh my goodness there's nothing like the reward of knowing that you did help contribute to that life uh two words obedience or belief obedience or belief unfortunately I have seen people involved in youth ministry and other ministries of the, of the church that they obeyed for a position or for a paycheck, and they did not believe the, the fundamental doctrines or lifestyle that we teach. Um, obedience or belief. It's not uncommon at all to have questions. If you, if you have questions about what we teach, how we live, please talk to your senior pastor. Go to them and talk to them. Talk to somebody that you trust. But do not, do not, do not get in a situation to where you really don't believe this. You, you really don't believe it. But you just obey it, you know, because you don't want to cause trouble or, or you know, whatever. I can just tell you that there are, there are young people that have been disillusioned and have, and have left the apostolic church. I could give you names because there were leaders that they obeyed for a position. They obeyed for a paycheck, but they didn't believe it. And so that that's deep and that's serious. But please don't don't have that on your hands that that you that you would guide that you would guide young people in in a way, you know, apart from uh what the vision is for your church. Just please don't do it. Now we have talked <clears throat> a lot about, <coughs> excuse me, we have talked a lot about responsibility tonight. Personal responsibility, spiritual responsibility, building teams, all these things. But do not let responsibility get bigger in your mind than possibility. Possibility. Um, a lot of times when parents have small children, uh, the responsibility, responsibility, responsibility can just absolutely overshadow possibility. And so when, when, you're, when you're looking at these young people, please remember the possibility. Uh, you, have, you have no idea who, who you're having the opportunity to uh, pour into their lives, and you have, you have no idea what God wants to do in their lives. And every one of us on this call, and I and I do, I truly give every one of you honor that you're that you know that you're you're leading, you're trying to help. Every one of us 
had somebody that looked at us and looked past responsibility and they saw the possibility in us. And so they've done it for us. Let's, let's be those kinds of people for all of these young people, whether their parents are in church or not, whether they dress nice or not, whether they smell nice or not. Let's, let's look past the outward and let's, and let's see possibility. And for heaven's sake, can we start looking at people and, and looking for agreement instead of disagreement? Let's, let's, get, let's connect on whatever we can agree on and let's see how far we can build that, that relationship. Look, look, look for what's not the easiest to see in these young people. And remember, when they're lashing out, um, the issue so many times is not the issue. And, and, and don't, don't get so focused on what they're saying and how they're acting. Something's driving that. And, and we have to be miners, miners that will mine down and, and get, get to where the real issues are in order to set them up to be what God's called them to be. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do. While you were talking, I, I was remembering a, uh, a book that I had uh, whenever I was homeschooling my kids. And um, it, the title of the book, actually, and where the title came from is, the most, it, it is what I remember most about the book. Uh, homeschooling is a hard job, especially when you're a pastor's wife and um, have a lot of responsibility. Homeschooling can get overwhelming. And um, just like being a youth pastor or a youth worker can be overwhelming. Because sometimes you think there's just absolutely no way. I don't have the answer. I don't know how to do this. I'm in over my head. But the title of the book was I Saw the Angel in the Marble. And many of you have probably heard this story. Um, it's a true story. After Michelangelo had carved, and I believe it was this, the David's, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. After he had carved a statue, a beautiful statue of an angel, someone asked him, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you see that and do it? And they said, how do you know where to chip? How do you know where to slice? How do you know where to do all that? He says, well, when I, when I see a block of marble, I look at it and I try to decide what's inside it. And on this one, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And so I think that that's what, yeah, an good. illustration of what he is saying. You have, a, you have a youth room or a youth sanctuary or a room, whatever, full of blocks of marble blocks of stone it just looked like big hunks of something just blobs during those teenage years and you have a unique opportunity to carve away at it and free what you see inside those blobs of teenage years those blobs of immaturity those blobs of emotion those blobs of drama you have a unique opportunity 
to carve until you set that missionary free or carve until you set that pastor's wife free or carve until you set free that major soul winner that's going to be probably the foundation of winning a city. You have the unique opportunity to carve until you set whatever it is in that blob, that big hunk of stone free. So I guess that's what I'm saying tonight. Yeah, there's burnout. Yeah, there's team issues. Yes, there's all, there, there are questions. You never have the answers. There's energy drains. But at the end of the day, you have a unique opportunity and privilege to carve until you set the angels free from the marble. And so once a youth worker, once a youth pastor, once a youth pastor's wife, always a youth worker, always a youth pastor always a youth pastor's wife. Regardless of how old we get, I think that those are the days that we will look back upon and say, wow, we didn't know it all. We wish we would have known a whole lot more. We wish we'd have done a lot of things different, but we have no regrets. And I hope that you'll be able to say that too. Amen. Back to you, sir. That's so good. Such a great illustration for really what we're all called to do in this season. Amen. Um, any, uh, I think that was a perfect closing thought. Uh, would you mind praying for us? Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for your many blessings on our life. We know that, that you know everything, but we also know that you will share with us what we need about every life that we're investing in as we need it. And God, I pray not only for our investment in lives, I pray for the direction of the lives of the people that are on this call. You know what they need. You know what their desires are. You also know how the enemy uh, seeks to stop that. And we pray against that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that we will be set free from what holds us back. I pray that the major decisions that, that these these men and women are making in their lives that you will direct them and God that we will be able to, to impart now into future generations. And we know that this is your will. Uh, the church has a birth date and it'll have an exit date, but you said the kingdom is forever. And this is about kingdom work, kingdom expansion. Now let us understand kingdom like we've never understood it before. And let the power of your spirit move through us. In Jesus' name. Youth Ministry fam, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Remember, we drop a new episode just for you and your youth team every Monday. So be sure to subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving a rating and review. That'll help us get the word out to as many youth pastors as we can. Hey, thank you so much for spending time with us. It was such an honor to have Brother and Sister Shock with us for two parts of leadership and youth ministry. My name is Preston Keller, and we'll see you next time on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.